This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm your host this morning, Father Craig Holkalter, Dean of Students at Trinity Junior High and High School here in Dickinson, coming to you live from these school hallways. Our students know that the apps on their phones, whether it's an iPhone or a Samsung, whatever kind of device you have, that the app store can deliver many apps that are very useful and practical. And with this gospel on the airwaves, it's no different. Real Presence Radio RPR is available online versus an app. On an app, go to your app store, search Real Presence Radio. You can have it. You can download it. And there's numerous things, listeners, you can do with that RPR app. You can post prayer requests. You can ask questions. You can tune into daily podcasts if you miss a show. Reflect on daily mass readings. There's a whole plethora of things to bolster your faith, especially during this Advent, uh, excuse me, this Lenten season, to get you ready for the Passion, Death, and Resurrection. And as we just came from our segment on Straight Talk, where we were talking about kind of the three vehicles, the three efforts we are very intentional about in the Lenten season, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, we're going to take one of those, uh, Real Presence Radio, we're going to take one of those off the shelf this morning with Monsignor Tom Richter, a priest of the Diocese of Bismarck, and he's going to give to us direction and insight and counsel and diving deeper into the significance of f- Christian fasting. Good morning, Monsignor Richter. Father Hope Coulter, how are you? <laughs> it's great to be with you live on air. I'm doing very well. Uh, as I yeah. said there uh, in, in teasing this segment, I was just uh, on the radio with three seventh graders on this very, huh. on this very topic of prayer fasting and almsgiving. I think it seems like, and here's where we're going to dive into the pool, Monsignor Director, it seems like fasting can be the most intuitive for people. In other words, mm. the most practical to understand. But <laughs> but in that, I think there's a great danger in completely misunderstanding it. And with yeah. that misunderstanding, we live it wrongly. So, yeah. Monsignor Richter, uh, first the basis. Why do we fast in Lent? Oh, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of response to that question, and uh, you know, you're, you're right. It's uh, <laughs> it's easy to understand Christian mm-hmm. fasting in an unchristian or non-supernatural <laughs> way, and yes. so it's important that we understand it uh, supernaturally and in, in, the, in the context of grace. So, by its very nature, fasting seems to imply that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that eating is one of the most basic necessities of the rhythm of life, and some and, and so fasting says this most basic necessity we need to set aside, and so there by its nature it seems to imply that there's some not right, and then secondly by its very nature it seems to imply, er, and in a very explicit way that there's something even more necessary than the basic necessity of food, mm-hmm. at least to a certain uh, degree. So uh, Christian fasting kind of uh, is, needs to be understood within that context. Now, in the Old Testament, just, uh, you know, historically, it's uh, something that, uh, you know, was a major part of Judaism. And we don't have time to go into everyone, but you have Moses and Elijah and Queen Esther and Job and uh, all 
all of these uh, different uh, biblical characters who fasted at different points, and uh, which leads up to, you know, Lent with Moses, 40 days, Mount Sinai, Elijah, 40 days, uh, Mount Horeb, and then uh, Jesus. But uh, in, in the Old Testament, you look at what was the motive and the significance and the purpose of fasting, uh, it, there was a variety of things. One of the major ones was grief and mourning. How you grieve someone you lost, mm-hmm. grieving sin, uh, mourning uh, disasters, the loss of goods. Um, it was also a very prominent in um, expressing repentance and uh, asking for forgiveness. One of the primary ways you asked for forgiveness and repented was through fasting um, and aid to prayer. Uh, if you really wanted to dive deep in prayer, it involved fasting. Um, you even see it involved in um, overcoming evil spirits, exorcism. Things are can only be delivered through prayer and fasting. And so, historically, in the Old Testament, uh, fasting is a, a very commonly employed spiritual exercise. Then, uh, I think we get uh, the fuller sense uh, in Jesus in the Gospels, right, when the scribes and Pharisees come up and say, you know, we fast, and the disciples of John fast very much, so why don't your disciples fast? And Jesus says that beautiful uh, sort of defining, bringing great light to Christian fasting. He says, how can uh, the wedding party, how can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? So, when, there's going di- to come a day when the bridegroom is taken away, and then they will fast. You, uh, I appreciate a, a, a nice, not yet complete, but a very full list of why do we fast. And and you started right away with a couple of, two or three lines of, of what is fasting, and that's uh, the great insight of it seems like intuitively we're giving up something that's necessary when we fast. Mm-hmm. So, so and something it, good. And something good. And I think that's, I, I want to go back to that before we get to the next question and, and more insights from you is I don't think that can be emphasized enough with our people that we don't do this because we think it's bad, but we do it because right. it's good and, and, and can be and is probably wholly natural. Hey, it's one of the great, great things of Catholicism, right? <laughs> we Catholics do not, um, do not dis- hate anything of creation. <laughs> we it's love it. Good. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's very good. Absolutely. The Catholic Church does not is not motivated by some despising of matter, of creation, of created goods. It's all about ordering them. And so, yeah, fasting is about giving up something that is objectively good and, uh, to a certain degree, uh, necessary for life. So this is about, right, choosing a greater good. And that's what Jesus is getting at. In the end, for Jesus, Christian fasting is about a friendship. In other words, what I want to leave for all the listeners today, one can't really fast as a Christian, without a great love for a friend. 
Mm. What motivates Christian fasting? A friendship. I love my friend. And this friendship is the reference point to why I fast. When he will be taken away from them, then they will fast. In other words, for Jesus, what determines fasting and bringing its meaning and its purpose and motivation is the Christian's relationship with him, his friendship. And there's something about that friendship that's demanding me to fast today. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus gave the particular, the particular um, situation of they miss him. He's been taken from them. And so I think, uh, Father Holcalter, the greatest thing for us Catholics to keep in mind during this uh, Lenten season when it comes to fasting is that the heart and soul of Christian fasting is I long for Jesus. I want greater closeness with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I want greater conformity. Um, I want more of him in this area of my life, whether it's patience or courage or mercy. Um, that, and, and that is what's motivating me to say no to this great good of food, this most necessary uh, thing of life. Monsignor Tom Richter of the Bismarck Diocese. I'm your host, Father Craig Holcalter. Uh, thank you for tuning into Real Presence Live. We're talking about Christian fasting. And Monsignor Richter, you made a great line. It's about a friendship. First mm-hmm. and foremost, it's about a friendship. And uh, I want to ask you, you know, we it, what was it? it? It was three or four days into, it might have been the Thursday or Friday after, or maybe on Ash Wednesday itself, the readings, Monsignor Richter. And this question comes to me a lot, and I ponder it uh, reflectively in prayer about how, we do these sorts of things. On the inside, there might be pain. There might be some some grief. There might be some, you know, we're missing that juicy burger or we have some fleshly, you know, fleshly sadness. Um, mm-hmm. And yet we are called to find and to have uh, Christian joy and to be the cheerful givers uh, mm-hmm. and to be and then and, and consequently cheerful fasters. Right. That we're, we mm-hmm. don't want to be a bunch mm-hmm. of crabs on Fridays in Lent. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we mm-hmm. do that? Well, um, how do we make sure that we're not forsaking our joy because we're crabby because we're hungry? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing well, worse than that. Well, you're right. You're right. <laughs> the, the fact is, most of us don't even need to fast to be crabby. That comes. Uh, that comes much more easily. <laughs> but, but, but the point being, I, I think I, I think we have to, we, we have to have our right, our heads on straight, our our hearts in the right place. However, you want to say it. Namely, this right. In the end, fasting is about saying yes, not mm. no. <laughs> and fasting is about someone, not something. I say no to a steak, but that's not what fasting is about, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's about saying yes to someone. Now, that, that doesn't negate the fact that my stomach hurts and I'm hungry. <laughs> but but um, it certainly changes one's experience of it and one's meaning of it, and it turns it from white-knuckling to, to a reaching out and being with someone. And so how do we get over it, uh, the, the grouchiness? How do we live this more joyfully? Ah, gosh, we, have, we, we, can, we can talk about that 
uh, <laughs> for a long time, Father. But I think I think the most basic thing is you're living this inwardly. So this isn't about repression. Mm-hmm. It's about relationality. So when I want whatever this thing is, whether it's my cigarette or it's a steak or it's a can of pop or it's candy or it's true fasting of I have I eat half as much as I typically do, etc. Inside I am saying I want this steak, but I want you more, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I want this cigarette, but I want uh you to fill me with your presence more. I want this drink, but I want you to inebriate me with your precious blood. Mm. That the point is the will, the will is not fasting in a Christian way if it just stops at no to something, but rather choosing and yes and wanting someone that's the only way this becomes Christian fasting. In other words, it's some sort of manichaeistic, uh, i got to say no to matter and creation and all that stuff for, for, uh, in some repressive way. I think it's worth a repeat, Monsignor Richter. Fasting is about saying yes, not no. And fasting is about someone, not something. That's I right. Could, so I saying yes to someone, not simply no to something. And, and and the cheer and the joy that we want to have, that any reasonable person wants to have, and avoid the crabbiness, of That's course, right. should be filled with our Lord, that all these no's is a yes to our Lord. That's right. And so that, it, it's really difficult to fast in a Christian way if I do not have an awakened heart. I know that can be a, a bit of a nebulous term or phrase, but... Until Pentecost happens, my experience of fasting really is just saying no to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but when one is awakened to the presence of another, and I have an I-thou relationship with the risen one who lives with me, and I know the Spirit who is poured out upon me and in me, then I can fast. Mm-hmm. And so being sacramentalized, but not evangelized, to use that uh, uh, overly used phrase now, um, is is a, the experience of fasting is largely not a Christian experience of longing to be with someone who I know and who I've been with. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I long for more. Monsignor Richter. Appreciate your time this morning. I know. That's it. <laughs> I just started. <laughs> you have. I know you have a commitment to get to, and this radio show must go on. Your twenty minutes of insight was valuable, and I appreciate that. You have a good God bless Monday. You, my friend. Take care. I'll see you home at home. <laughs> you you will. Coming up next, thank you, Monsignor Director. Coming up next, it's an exciting time for Catholic schools here in Dickinson. Why so exciting? Listeners, you can tune into that answer. We'll sit down with Steve Glosser. He is the president of Trinity Catholic Schools. And later, past that hour, uh, what does the true image of a perfect man look like? We'll discuss that on the phone with Dr. Mario Sucasa. Keep it right here, Real Presence Live.
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 